And we're back on the KY Ben Morty Show. We do have an in-studio guest. It's our state representative from District 20B. It's uh, Todd Lippert. Todd, good morning. morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. Good to be here. The uh, first week of the legislative session uh, was is now not quite in the books. You still have the day left, but uh, let's go back to uh, Monday uh, and... Well, everything, uh, that, that opening day, everybody brings cookies and cake and treats and everybody's kumbaya. <laughs> and it got off to kind of a start like that, which, I, I you know, I suppose everyone's, it kind of reminds you of the humanity of everyone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you know, the governor brought in some bars. Uh, he was <laughs> he was there, um, and it was a nice gesture, and it, it was actually really nice. We had, um, most everyone was on the floor, and we were masked, uh, of course, but... Uh, it was good to have good to have people together. It felt like we were we were getting off to a normal start, and um, had a had a good first day. Uh, no one was taking any shots at one another, and um, got off to a good start this week. I've been saying it's been minimal drama, and and so I think we're we're off and rolling. The uh, not a whole lot of rhetoric coming out the first week. Not a whole lot of news coming out of the legislature for the first week, and I, I suppose that can be anticipated. Uh, the drama will come. I'm sure it at, will at some uh, point. I, yeah, but uh, what what are the things that you have actually been working on and and got accomplished? This so we week? we passed a significant bill off the House floor last night. Uh, we passed an extension for workers' compensation for people with COVID nineteen for frontline workers. So what this means is um, in April of 2020, as the pandemic was just starting, we recognized that frontline workers, police, firefighters, healthcare workers, childcare workers, uh, were in danger of getting COVID-19 on the job and should be eligible for workers' compensation when that happens. And so we passed a law that allowed for that. And uh, 22,000 frontline workers have benefited from this um, since April of 2020. And um, on average, if someone wasn't Going into the hospital, they were getting a benefit of about $1,000. If they were getting uh, needed medical care, they, on average, they'd receive a benefit of about $9,000. So this was a significant benefit uh, for frontline workers. But the, it sunsetted, the law sunsetted at the, at the end of 2021, Jan, uh, December 31st. COVID-19 is still a reality. Frontline workers, police, fire, healthcare workers are still responding to people who have COVID-19. Uh, 65 to 70 worker, frontline workers on average in Minnesota are getting COVID-19 every day um, in January as this law wasn't in place. So a House DFL pushed to extend this law to get uh, frontline workers covered again and able to uh, receive workers' compensation for COVID-19, getting that on the job. We pushed the Senate. They they passed it as well yesterday. We put, pushed the workers' compensation board that um, handles this, both business leaders and union leaders, um, and then we passed it off the House floor last night, too. So we're able to get this law signed uh, today, we're expecting, and get those frontline workers covered again. All right. Now, the uh, there are people out there that are saying, hey, look, we uh, you know, some of those health care workers in particular, um, we've got a huge shortage of them. Uh, everywhere you go, whether it be hospitals or, or nursing homes or elder care or anything like that, uh, everybody's looking for employees. Was it part of the discussion that, hey, we, we need these people to work and not get any more unemployment? Did that, uh, was that brought up? So that um, wasn't a part of the conversation. Um, it is a part of the, the general conversation, which mm-hmm. is how do we make sure we can recruit and retain workers? Um, and one of the you know one of the biggest things we can do to be retaining workers is um, you know providing good benefits, to making sure that that workers feel like um, you know when I'm putting myself out there, uh, putting myself and my family at risk that 
that the state is with me too, that my neighbors are with me too. Um, and so uh, we know that uh, this benefit's been seen as important, it's been important, and extending it will help our healthcare workers feel like, you know, the state has my back and my neighbors care about what I'm doing right now. Yeah, and both, both House and Senate uh, passed that. So, yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, so, you know, we had a good bipartisan showing of supporting Mm -hmm. frontline workers and appreciating uh, the work they're doing for us during the pandemic. And that's a good start for our session. All right. What else did you uh, do this week? So the, uh, you know, one um, significant proposal that's starting to make its way through uh, House committees is our public safety proposal. And we had a few heartbreaking, couple heartbreaking uh, public safety incidents in uh, in Minnesota this last week. Amir Locke was shot by police, African-American man um, in Minneapolis, and Jameer, Jameer Rice uh, was shot um, in, a, in a shooting outside of Richfield High School, uh, both heartbreaking situations, just showing us the, the holistic approach we need to take to address public safety. So we have a $100 million proposal um, doing a few different things. One is supporting uh, community safety uh, community safety grants, so supporting those organizations that are really trying to prevent violence before it starts. Uh, we have $40 million for that, $20 million for community policing uh, programs. So we know um, that uh, police need to be helping rebuild relationships with communities of color so there's more trust there, and we want to be supporting those efforts. Uh, there are other efforts that are important, too, that we're, we're working on, uh, making sure that we're supporting response on mental health, uh, helping more areas do things like uh, Rice County is going to be doing soon or is, has just started, which is embedding a social worker uh, with police. Uh, Rosemount has seen big gains with that, and Rice County's following suit. We want to be able to support those sorts of moves. Um, beefing up mental health crisis response teams is something that's important, too. Uh, I've been having a lot of conversations about that. In Dakota County, they have one available all the time. Uh, the response team that covers Rice County is actually in Mankato, so it's not quite as close by. We need to make sure that rural areas have access to these sorts of things, too. Um, And then, you know, if we're going to be uh, reducing gun violence, we have to do something about guns. And DFL is working on universal background checks, red flag laws, uh, basic measures we can take to keep guns out of the hands of those who are going to do harm to others and to themselves. And we need to make progress on these sorts of efforts. So where is uh, this legislation at right now? Is that passed through the House? Uh, is so it it's just starting yet, uh, to be vetted in committee. Okay. So there was uh, my colleague, Cedric Frazier, who's taking the lead on this and doing excellent work, is making that present, made the presentation in the Public Safety Committee. It's going to start moving through different committees. Um, and, you know, we, we want Minnesotans to know that uh, the DFL is taking uh, public safety very seriously. We, we want everyone to be safe and feel safe in their communities, regardless of uh, what they look like or where they live. And, and we're, you know, taking a wide-angle lens look at this, a, a holistic approach, and really want to be thorough about this. Let's talk about next week. Uh, you've got the weekend today and, uh, of course, next week before we talk to you again. Uh, what's on the agenda? What's it looking like? So next week, um, committees will be starting to hear hear bills. I have a few um, I have a few pieces of legislation that uh, have been submitted, uh, have been introduced, um, and there's one that I'm that's kind of first in line. It may get a hearing this next week. Um, it's on. Uh, related to tree planting. So I want to plant a tree for every Minnesotan. So 5.7 million trees planted in each of the next four years. It's a big part of our House Climate Action Caucus proposal. Uh, Do a few things. Help uh, communities respond to the losses of emerald ash borer. 
so uh, replace those trees, help uh, homesteads um, rebuild windbreaks around, um, you know, around different farms, living snow fences, these sorts of things. We know that uh, planting trees is a significant way to sequester carbon. And um, sequestering with planting trees or climate-friendly farming, pr- farming practices, these sorts of natural climate solutions, um, we can do, if we were doing that nationwide, we could do as much as taking every car off the road as far as reducing climate emissions. And uh, Minnesota is a big opportunity for that. So uh, this is a significant proposal for planting trees. I'll be talking with my colleagues about that. been working with uh, Environment Chair Rick Hansen on it. And so we'll get a hearing on that soon. Um, uh, speaker's excited about it. She loves uh, planting trees and knows that's a, a simple thing we can do that can make a big difference on climate. Uh, so that conversation will be uh, starting to move uh, next week. All right. Uh, State Representative Todd Lippert, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything else you wanted to pass along while we are here? Uh, no, here? just uh, glad to be here uh, providing these updates. Folks can reach out to my office, send me an email at rep.todd.lippert at house.mn or follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, but I want to know what you're thinking, so please please reach out and talk to me. It's always good to start uh, talking with constituents at the beginning of session. All right. Todd, thanks for coming in. Good to be here. The State Representative Todd uh, Lippert of District 20B. You're listening to the one. We'll be back with uh, Northfield Public Librarian uh, Natalie Draper coming up next.